Hey dudes, this is Michael, one of the co-hosts of Two Dudes in the Nest, the show you're about to listen to. If you are a first-time listener and you've picked one of these older episodes to listen to, maybe because it's one of your favorite games on the NES, I don't blame you. However, I just want to warn you that uh, this is, some of these episodes are three, four, maybe five years old. And this is before we got new audio equipment. This is really before we even knew what we were doing. But we... You know, we want to leave them on the feed as long as we can because we want to have plenty of episodes for people to listen to. I just want to give a fair bit of warning before we get started. If you're an older listener and you're going back to listen to an episode again, uh, you may hear something new because right before the episode starts here, we're going to have an advertisement, which is probably not what you heard the first time through. But now we started doing ads in our shows, so we're going to have an ad here. Anyways, I hope you enjoy. And if you do enjoy, please subscribe to the podcast and listen to as many episodes as you can. It always helps us out. And tell a friend, too. That'd be nice. Enjoy the show. What's up, man? Hey, remember that time I told you that we need to have Joe on to just do the whole episode by himself because he's got the sweet, sweet voice? Only about ten times have we talked about doing that. Okay, all right. Well, now's the time. Take it away, Joe. <laughs> What's up? Welcome to Two Dudes. <laughs> Am I doing the whole thing now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all you. It's all you. Go ahead. I'm going to put my headphones down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we got Dude Joe here with us, uh, graciously joining us for this podcast, and his uh, wonderful voice. I mean, I guess yeah. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your show and uh, give yourself a shameless plug here. Yeah, so uh, I'm... Joseph Kopel. I host a show called the Radical Retro Roundup, where basically we cover retro topics anywhere. Right now, I have it set between like 79 and like 97 is really as late as I want to go, but I might fudge those in between at some point. I haven't decided. Um, and uh, we tackle everything from cartoons to uh, TV shows, movies, and video games. Um, I just recently recorded one with... Um, Landon Long doing a review of the original Ghostbusters movie, and uh, it was pretty good. You know, I enjoy uh, having the the co-hosts. I started the podcast by myself, and it was just me and my voice and me reading off a script. And uh, I felt it wasn't up to par, so I started inviting guests and started with Rob Luther, and I put him through an eight-hour session of podcasting. And uh, <laughs> got four episodes out of it, and end up uh, just going from there, just picking up co-hosts here and there, and it's worked out great. I'm, I'm loving it. Sweet, it's always and nice I to have thank you, back you guys, of too. course. It's awesome. Um, so, I, first tangent of the episode: Have you seen the new Ghostbusters movie? Either one no. of you? Um, I started watching a demo version of it. <laughs> Yeah. And uh yeah, I shut it off about fifteen minutes into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh I haven't seen it either. 
<laughs> Although I do want to see Suicide Squad. Uh, Don't even... look at my Facebook then. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen it? Uh, yeah, I watched it today. Are you with the critics that say it's terrible, or are you with the fans that say it's great? I'm in between. I won't go so far to say the movie's terrible, because I don't think any movie can be really that terrible. But uh, it had its weak points, and them trying to make Will Smith a villain just didn't work. Like, he shines through as a hero no matter what he does, and then, of course, they you know, focus on the story, like, of his daughter and whatnot, and they really humanize the character of Deadshot, which, in a way, makes him more of a hero than a villain. Mm-hmm. So, that's, Say Walter that's White my biggest it. gripe. That is my biggest gripe. I could care less about Joker or any of that other stuff. Like, that was my biggest gripe. They Walter White him? Was that yeah. Mean? Well, Walter White was, I mean, he was doing bad things, but they made it him... Okay, you sympathize with. Them. I would argue that the Walter White. Have you seen the? Have you seen every episode? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, I would argue that the Walter White's story arc. He does not end as a, a hero at all, and I think that it's like awesome, if you ask me. Well, that's true, but yeah. I, but but I, I guess for the majority of the show, you're probably pulling for him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's still like probably my favorite character arc of any series. It's yeah, it's probably my favorite series ever, really. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're, talking we're, talking, we're talking about an NES game, right? I think so. Yeah, I I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Golgo. Thirteen. Golgo, yeah. Golgo yeah. thirteen. Top secret mission. Ooh. Top secret episode. Yeah, you got a clearance <laughs> to get on this episode. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you want some history? I do. I do, please. Absolutely. All right. So this game, created by a company called Vic Tokai. Well, that's not a guy. That's a company. Okay. Vic Tokai was a company that it was actually bought by a... Uh, uh, natural gas company called Takai, and the VIX stood for Viable... Uh, yeah. it, was, it was the guy that ran it. His name is Vic. No. Um, it stood for Valuable Information and Communication. Now, their main role when they started in 1982 was uh, as data processing, but they also, in 1984, started making games. And they made a lot of games for the NES, Mega Drive, Genesis, um, Nintendo, even came into the Nintendo 64, um, and pretty much none of these I've ever really even heard of. Uh, (laughs) A lot of Japanese games, and then this game, uh, I I looked through the list, maybe you guys could look through the list, I'm not going to sit here and read them, but... uh, Nothing really jumped out at me. All pro basketball I've heard of. I was going to say, there's three titles that I recognize, which was all pro basketball, bump and jump, and clash at Demon Head. Yeah. Ah, clash at Demon Head, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, you've not heard of the Gene Machine for (laughs) MS-DOS? I have not. (laughs) Can't say that I have. Uh, the Yeah, I mean, it's a game everybody loves. Uh, It's a point-and-click action-adventure game. Uh, talks about science, I guess. 
Okay. My jeans. Nice. Oh, jeans. Those kinds. I was thinking like Wranglers. No, no, not blue jeans. Okay. Jeans is in genetics. Hey, side note. Uh, I started wearing Wranglers again after many, many years of not wearing Wranglers. I switched mm -hmm. to, you know, stylish jeans a while back. Mm -hmm. And then now I've gone back to Wranglers for work. They've gotten pretty nice over the years. Yeah. I don't know if you tried the Comfort Flex. This, you know, this is this is not tangent for tangent's sake. This is legit. Comfort Flex Wranglers are where it's at. Two dudes in an S, sponsored by Wrangler. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be start. We're gonna have a commercial like the Brett Favre commercial. We're just gonna be throwing football. Yeah. Have like gray hair. Yeah. Um. No, actually, I was just making the comment to my wife the other day. It's been a maybe. Eight years since I've actually purchased jeans, so it's coming on time to actually make some purchases of jeans. Well, see, when you work in a place where they get beat on by rocks and things, then it's, you eventually have to purchase more jeans. Huh. You work in a jean factory? Yep, acid wash factory. Acid wash factory. <laughs> we don't make the jeans, we just wash them in acid. I was going to say, I really can't contribute to this conversation because I don't wear jeans. I wear a full suit, and I've been doing that for five years. Nice. <laughs> can't beat that. Eh, you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Uh, director. Hey, Gogo, Gogo 13, though. Wasn't that an anime? Were you going to talk about that? Because I think it was, it's pretty yeah. popular, right? It's a manga. Manga. It's a popular oh. manga. Manga is a comic book in Japan, is what that's called. What's it? It's just a comic book, or is it yeah. something special? It's pretty much just a comic book. There's nothing really that special about it. Um, but uh, it was a style developed in the 19th century uh, for cartooning. So there you go. Okay. All right. They, they did have a full movie called The Professional that came out in 83, which predates this game. And then uh, I want to say in the 90s, they released a full-fledged series, I want to say, that ran for like 20 episodes. Hmm. Yeah, and is that the same The Professional that's like also called Leon? No, that's totally different. Totally different. All right, forget that. Edit that <laughs> I out. always felt that Leon the Professional was kind of like a live-action version of Golgo, but there's really no connection to be able to say yes or no. No. Well. You oh, wait, almost sounded really smart there, Justin. I know. <laughs> I know. Almost. I'm going to get it one of these days. <laughs> one of these days I'm going to hit the, the nail right on the head. Um, but anyway... Uh, programmers, I'm going to read through some of these names. Tomiko Nurasawa, Megumi Kudo, and Tomahiko Kawamura. Mm, nice. oh, yeah, I'm getting better at this, That's huh? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> How about the composer Michiharu Hasuya? Mm, no. Not that one. All right. Well, anyway, the big thing, the big storyline to this game is it was, uh, Obviously, one of the early NES games that came out in 1998 that actually involved first-person shooting that uh, not a lot of games featured back then. But 
probably the biggest story surrounding this game is the censorship. What was censored and what wasn't censored. Uh, they did censor the game in a way. The Drek Empire that uh, we'll talk about in the gameplay part uh, is actually a in the original was actually supposed to be a resurrected Nazi regime. But it was changed because Nintendo prohibited political advocacy, racial and or ethnic stereotyping. I don't know if that's stereotyping against the Nazis or... Probably. Yeah. I guess at that time it would be. Yeah. Um, and the final boss, Smirk, is supposed to be a cyborg version of Adolf Hitler. Nice. Uh, Which hey, that kind of snuck through. He's still there. Yeah, he's yeah. still there. And a couple other things that snuck through. Uh, during a base infiltration in Greece, he retains a uh, file with a swastika on it. And it's visible in the player's inventory area. And uh, his profession was supposed to be cha is changed to spy rather than assassin. But here's the things that did get through, and this is what's really interesting. So in the beginning of the mission in, Gre in Greece, if the player walks to the right several paces and then walks back to the beginning of the level, a pack of cigarettes is seen on the ground. Gogol is seen smoking if the player walks over the cigarettes, and his health is restored. Kind of the opposite of what actually happens when you smoke <laughs> cigarettes. Are you sure? <laughs> actually, it's the, it's the healthiest thing you can do. Okay. See, because I remember playing this game as a kid, and I went out and smoked a pack of cigarettes right off the bat. <laughs> I'm fine. There was some blood that snuck through. Oh, I smoked the cigarettes? Yeah. Yeah. In the maze level, um, as well as one sniper mode mission in East Berlin, enemies are seen briefly bleeding from the head when killed. Can and... I just say, don't smoke cigarettes, by the way. If there's any kids listening that thought I was actually, that sounded <laughs> cool, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a bad idea. Easy. Um, yeah. Chewing tobacco. Yeah. Pro pro no, not chewing tobacco. <laughs> okay, but... sorry. Sorry. Probably cigarettes, although we don't really know yet. Um, Japanese version uh, had an alternate sequence prompting the player to press B and have the kids look away from the screen. And Cherry removed her dress, revealing her dressed only in panties for a few seconds. Mm. So, those things got through. Nazis, not so much. <laughs> Uh, softcore pornography, okay. Very, very, very softcore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a wholesome game. Yeah, right. It's pretty wholesome. <laughs> so anyway, Michael, did you have this game? Did you run out and buy this game in a frantic mode? Uh, no. The story behind this game, I, I don't, I still do not have this game. Alright, but I've got a reason why I don't have this game. Uh, when I was a kid, I rented it from the store. Right, mm -hmm. I remember the, I remember the packaging well. I remember renting it from the rental store, taking it home, and just hating it more than just about any other game I had ever rented. I hated this game. Not uh, <laughs> spoilers. That may or may not be my opinion now. But when I rented it as a kid, I could not stand it, and that box stuck in my brain f for the rest of my life. And mm -hmm. I've had several opportunities to pick it up, but for some reason, like little seven-year-old Michael keeps screaming, "No, 
do not okay. buy that game. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. just because I rem- remember as a kid just not liking it at all. So, no, I don't have this game. I never went on the quest to buy it. I've seen it several times and had opportunities to purchase it and just never really, never wanted it, never had the desire to pick it up. I can say the box art to this game, if you're a kid looking at it, you're going to be pretty disappointed. It, it, it's not very appealing. It's gray box. Yeah, but it looks different than most other NES games. I think that's why it stuck out in my brain, you know? That's true. That's true. Joe, anyway. did, you, did you have this game? Um, growing up, I did not have this game. I completely missed this game in the life of the Nintendo. Um, I found this actually, um, I want to say it was just after my senior year. Um, happened to pick up a bunch of games, and uh, in the box was this game, and uh, played the crap out of it. <laughs> Can I say that? Is that friend- family friendly? <laughs> sure. That's fun. Yeah, we say crap all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just I enjoyed it. Uh, Spoiler for Kid Me. Um, I guess not really. That'd be Teenage Me. But anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, it was really nice, the blend of platforming and first-person uh, shooting, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, and then they had the uh, the parallel shooting areas where you're, in, like, in the helicopter, which was really cool as well. So Yeah, so we can, we can go ahead and start talking about it. I'm assuming you don't have the game, Justin, or never had no. it, because it does not seem like one that you would have had. I would not have had this game, especially as a kid. Um, probably just for the mere fact that it's a, a little bit, you know, on the risque side. Right. Yeah. Um, so we'll go ahead and start talking about the game then, in that case. And to start start us off talking about the game, I'll do my usual, uh, if that's okay with you guys. Yeah. No. Well, well, I'm doing it anyways. I'm breaking out the manual. Whether you like it or not. Can you see that? I see oh, it. beautiful manual. There it is. Only you can help him save the world. Only you can prevent forest fires. I mean, <laughs> he looks like he looks like the sketch of D.B. Cooper. Yeah. Actually, right there. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice, menacing-looking gun, too. Oh, yeah. That's pretty scary. All right, the story. High above New York City, a helicopter explodes. Aboard the craft is the latest bacteriological warfare weapon secretly developed by the CIA, Central Intelligence Agency, Cassandra G. So what is a bacteriological weapon, warfare weapon? That would be like anthrax. Oh, okay. Anthrax is a bacteria. Yeah. All right, gotcha. Thank you, doctor. (laughs) A vaccine and plans have been stolen from among the fragments of helicopter wreckage. A shell fired from an M-16 has been discovered. So somebody took out this helicopter with an M-16? Yeah, no, that's pretty... Wow, that's... Pretty good shot. Yeah, that's Rambo-esque right there. (laughs) The copter was shot down from fire from an expert sharpshooter armed with an M16 carbine. All right, they pretty much spell it out there. That's what happened. Yeah, (laughs) why it was a carbine. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, the CIA concludes that the act was 
the responsibility of the super sniper, GoGo13. An official release by the CIA links GoGo13 to the KGB. Under these circumstances, the CIA copter incident and the whereabouts of Cassandra G become entangled. A representative of a secret international organization called Fixer transmits a message. Fixer believes the affair is the work of the remnants of Drek Empire and not Golgo. So is it Golgo or is it not Golgo? Well, it's Golgo 13, I guess, is his CIA name. Right. And Duke Togo is his real name. Oh, you're meaning, like, did he do it? Did he do it? Oh, okay. Did he do it? I took that very literally, didn't I? Seems like his work. Yeah. Well, the question is, did he do it, or is it Drek? Or is it the KGB? We don't know. <laughs> I but thought Drek was the KGB. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so on request from Fixer, Gogol13 has gone into action. He is to get information on the vaccine from Condor and eliminate the leader of Drek. But wouldn't you know it, just who is the ultimate target of Gogo 13? Just where is the Condor? And who is the real culprit behind the CIA helicopter explosion? <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> yeah, okay. Oh, excuse me, edit that out. No. Okay. Fixer's <laughs> trying to get at you. <laughs> yeah. They don't want me to reveal the truth. I, I'm going to have to stop here. So, that's the story. The story to this game is a bit convoluted. It's convoluted. It's very 80s movie-esque. Yeah, it jumps around like a James Bond movie does, you know? Mm -hmm. I think it's trying to be a James Bond movie, basically. All I can say is look at those killer sideburns on all those men. <laughs> What happened to sideburns like that? I, I know. Mean. I know. I mean, Oz... I mean, really, like, all four... All three of the guys, Duke Togo, Condor, and Oz Wyndham, all look like police sketches of people that just committed some assault in the park. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Yeah. Definitely, and Oz looks like he might have done his in video form, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's definitely the most surly of the three. <laughs> so he's got that stash. Yeah, the stash is not a good sign. <laughs> so the cast of characters here: we got Duke Togo, or as he's better known, Gogo Thirteen. He uses a custom-made M16 regularly. A sharpshooter with 100% accuracy. Wow. At all. Uh, then there's Cherry Grace. She's dispatched from Fixer. She is assigned to assist Golgo 13. And then there's Condor and Oz. We've already talked about that a little bit. Um, and then there, it tells you about the different scenes of the game, how to play. Uh... It gives you maps in the manual. The manual is pretty important for certain parts of the game. Yeah. I'd say. Uh, the, the maze parts. Yeah, you so, definitely got to have the manual here. You either have to have the manual or you're going to have to make your own maps. Yeah. So, and this guy actually wrote down traps and stuff on his map. Ooh. So. Help you out. 
Yeah. <laughs> Alright. That's it for the movie. So, what did you all think about this game? Joe, go ahead. Um, playing the game, I felt that uh, there was a, a nice little difficulty to it. Um, but at the same time, I felt like once you got into a rhythm and you realized how the enemies moved, um, especially on like the side-scrolling section, it was rather uh, easy to get used to. You could jump their bullets and be able to like drop kick them and pick up their guns. Um, when uh, you're doing the flying shooting part, it's almost like um, almost like R type or any of those other like bullet hell shooters. Um, it's just watch those bullets and fire back as fast as you can. Um, I felt the first person mode was not really relatable with the D-pad. I felt like if you could plug in a zapper into the two-player and use that for the first-person mode, it would have been a lot better. That reticle either moves too fast or sometimes it just moves too slow. I don't know if it's because of all the graphics on the screen at once. It slows it down. I don't know if you guys came across that. but Yeah, um, yeah I did too. That That's actually a really interesting thought right there. What if you, if you could have the zapper plugged into the second slot and you just pick it up whenever it goes to first-person? Yeah, kind of like that, have it kind of like be like Bayou Billy. Yeah, that would have been cool. Or like yeah. a Hyperion. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Or or you could have a holster. Did they ever sell an NES holster? No, I don't think so. I probably would have bought one if they'd had. <laughs> that would have been cool, actually. Uh, I, I, my sentiments are pretty similar to Joe's. I thought the game was pretty fun once you kind of got the controls. The side-scrolling controls were a little bit difficult to get more difficult than the uh, first-person shooter for me. Um, the character uh, of Gogo 13 is an interesting-looking sprite, and uh, he actually reminds me of a blue version of Slenderman. Have you guys ever heard of Slenderman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like Slenderman when he's running around. Uh, but uh, I like the cutscenes, too. The graphics were pretty... Uh, pretty good um, especially for the NES in this time so yeah, yeah I kind of I kind of agree with what both y'all have said about the game I think the side scrolling is a lot of fun actually minus the fact that you can't shoot when you crouch that really bugs me <laughs> especially since the bad guys can you know right. yeah but anyways besides that I thought the side scrolling parts were pretty fun I thought the parts when you're in the helicopter or the airplane or whatever it was. I thought those parts were a lot of fun. I did not like the water when you go down scuba diving. I didn't really... It reminded me of Jaws a little bit, but I'd... Not as fun as Jaws. I thought it was a combination of Jaws and the dam from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. Like the worst parts of... Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So, I didn't really like the underwater parts. Uh, Also, I really didn't like... The first-person shooter parts were fine, like when you actually had to aim the thing and shoot at people. I thought that was kind of a nice break, but I really could not stand the mazes. I did not like those at all. It really kind of ruined the whole game for me. Did you just think they were complicated? They were complicated, and they looked really bland compared to the rest of the game. Um... And it just didn't seem to flow well for me. I don't know. I, yeah, there I, were... At some... I think they tried to 
do too much in one game. I think you know they tried to add like too many different, too many different features and almost trying to tell a, a story, which is good. I like that aspect. I like the story aspect, but then they wanted you to kind of act it out in several different ways, instead of just picking one way and working really hard to make that way a really fun game. Um, yeah, I like the idea to... of I like the idea of telling a story and then having you do different things based on the story. Mm-hmm. I like that. I just think that if you're going to do that, you need to make sure that all parts of the game are are right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. and, and I think they could have even pulled it off almost all the way except for the the maze things. I mean, even the underwater stuff, even though it's one of my least favorite parts, it was okay. It was fine. I didn't really dislike it. I just didn't like it as much as maybe this regular side-scrolling stuff or something. But it's just those mazes really kind of drug the game down for me. Yeah, it's just a really ambitious game for the NES in general. And to blend first-person shooting, which I think this is probably one of the first real first-person shooting type games, then you have the platforming, and then you have the, uh, like I said, the flight sections that's kind of like our type. I mean, that's three different genres right there. You're trying to shove into one game and make it one cohesive unit. It just, it, it worked and it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain it in, in good terms, or in, in proper terms, but, I mean, I think that sentence sums it up, what Joe just said. It worked and it didn't work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a dumb way to say it, but that's exactly what it is. I mean, this game works and it doesn't work at the same time for me. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Like, And I think when, you know, trying to play it and trying to uh, uh, get your bearings, it's hard to get from the side scrolling to the first person. Now you're flying a helicopter. Although the helicopter wasn't too bad, that wasn't very difficult. To the swimming and you know trying to get all those aspects down is, is a little bit difficult. And then you throw in the maze, uh, so. Yeah, I felt the first-person shooter section, at least in the first level, and I want to say it was in the third level when you're on the street and uh, the guy pulls out the gun and shoots you. Like you kind of got a pause there that switches you over, so mm-hmm. it kind of gives you that ample opportunity to be able to be like, all right, now I have to move the cursor and shoot people. I'm not in a side-scrolling mode anymore. I think that's cool, too, the way they did that. Like, when it switches from the side-scroller to the first person. Brings yeah, when it first happened over. to me, when it first happened to me, I thought I was dead. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I didn't even have a shot. Like, what am I going to do? And then, like, I saw I go to first-person view, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because it it's, it's like it switches to a cutscene almost, but then you control right. the cutscene. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, um, so what about like hints and cheats and tips? Does anybody know anything like that? The Konami code. Does the Konami code work in this game? No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Vic Takai stealing the Konami code. Um, I know um, in the maze, if you're in a maze and you have fewer than 10 bullets remaining, um, and you're out of... Uh, or ugh, especially if you're total out of totally out of ammo, um, and you're defenseless, which is really bad in those mazes. You can uh, press select, and it will convert one of your life to one ammo. So oh. I can get you at a, a tough spot. That's cool. I did not know that. Huh. I also noticed 
does this game have unlimited continues, or are there just a whole lot of them? Uh, that's a good question. I felt like it had a whole lot of them, <laughs> but at yeah. the same time, I never saw a counter that said there wasn't infinite, you know what I mean? Right, so it could be that it just gives you infinite continues, and you can just play until you beat it, or until you get tired of dying. And there's apparently a level select code. So you can actually just start at a different level. Okay, uh, that's cool. You wait until the helicopter demo ends, and Duke's eyes show up, and one of the, when one of the eyes disappears, flash over the eye, hit start when the flash ends. Now press and hold up, A, and B on controller 1, and press and hold up, left, A, B on controller 2, and hit start. And... Um, then you can select the level. So. Okay. All right. That's very complicated. Yeah, so it Mike, does. If you want to do the water level over and over again? You can do that. Oh yeah. 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 I'd love to do that. You know. <laughs> right. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that next time. I'll just play the water level and just skip all the fun levels. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you I, want really, to I really do. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I really feel like um, I should. If I would have went in with a map, maybe or like a walkthrough, then I may have actually come out liking the game a little bit better. But I don't know. <clears throat> it just uh, we'll get we'll get into more when we get our final decisions. But how about um, graphics? You touched on a little bit. I like you touched on how the sprites kind of looked funny. I think I really actually kind of like the sprites because this, since this is based off of an anime right they're really the sprites are tall and skinny which is kind of mm. like what I'll, you always see in an anime so i think they they did that fairly well well yeah that's pretty neat I, I didn't think about that but i i was pretty critical of them uh and that i just didn't really think they looked very good but i guess if you bring that aspect into it it, it does look pretty good the sprites i didn't like but i thought overall the rest of the game is really good i thought the backgrounds were, were good the first the cutscenes were pretty good um the bad guys, uh, everything else was actually uh, uh, really good, in my opinion. Um, so, I felt uh, some of the character sprites were kind of bland. You know, like uh, Justin said, you know, Golgo was look, kind of looking like Slender Man, just in blue. And um, you know, I mean, the bad guys are in green. You know, what I mean, like they're basically the same sprite, just flipped, and with a different color palette, but. The cutscenes were fantastic. The um, uh, sniping scenes, when you have just the reticle sitting there, those looked fantastic. Mm -hmm. And um, I just felt overall that the graphics really top-notch for the NES, especially in 88. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, It's mainly the backgrounds and the cutscenes that really set it apart from some of, some other NES games. I kind of agree, even though I think it's it's cool how they went with a skinny character design on the sprites. I kind of agree that they're all kind of bland. I mean, yeah, I, I like the approach that they took, but I think that the um, overall the characters were kind of bland, and they were kind of reused a lot too, like Joe said. Now I've got the water level pulled up here. <laughs> you've got the you as a diver, and you've got a shark here. And here I'm going to be critical of the sprite, because the shark is just pretty much... I think half of the shark is actually just the same color as the water. 
Yeah. It does look very. Go ahead. Is that a picture from GoGo 13 or is that a picture from the Ninja Turtles game? That is GoGo 13. It looks just like the Ninja Turtles game, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, okay. it's GoGo 13. That's got to be um, one of the later. Yeah, Act 3. There you go. And uh, here's a Pokemon ball. Yep. A Pokeball. <laughs> <Yeah>. Pokeball, <laughs> right? So uh, hey, we haven't we haven't actually touched on the the Pokemans yet on this show. <laughs> Have either do you, either y'all play the Pokemon Go? You know, I've had the app since day one, but I don't play it as much, so I'm only like a level nine, and it's kind of pitiful. <laughs> I uh, we we were running into a lot of people that were playing all the time, walking around, and uh, so that got Leah, my daughter Leah's attention. So she was like really wanting to play it, and really wanting to play it, and so uh, I finally downloaded it. We played it for a little while. Um, we got up to I think, level five, and then we just quit. So yeah. I played it for all of about five minutes. I'll tell you who does play it though. Carl. Carl. Carl plays, <laughs> plays the Pokemans. Pulling a Carl. It's a new. Pulling it's Carl. a new. Here, here, yeah, brand new pulling a Carl. Uh, not only is pulling a Carl when you leave your friends behind and take a dump. Pulling a Carl is also when you're trying to hang out with your friends and all you're doing is playing the Pokemans. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> Pulling a Carl. Pulling a Carl. We were, we were playing disc golf the other day, uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, every hole, he was trying to catch a Pokemon. <laughs> we would throw the disc, you know, and we'd all be like putting and stuff. And I look over and be like, Carl, it's your putt. Carl. Carl. And he's like, hang on, let me get this uh, sand shrew. <laughs> yeah. So oh, that's man. also pulling to Carl now. Yeah, Carl is basically. I'm gonna do anything other than the activity everybody else is doing. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's taking a dump, uh, I'm gonna do something else. Right. Right. So, anyways, I don't even know how we got on the Pokemon thing. But... Because of the Pokeball there and the, oh, yeah, in the yeah, water yeah. level. Yeah, yeah, the Pokeball in the water level. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, what about the music and stuff? I thought the music was really good. I really like that intro song. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. thought the music was also very solid on this game, especially for an NES title. And some of the subtle things that I really like, um, it's, it's it's really early in the game. I think it's the first time you, you meet the girl, uh, and she's telling you uh, that you've been framed. And uh, it's at an airport, and like when you first shows up, that you can hear like a jet landing, like it's like actual airport mm-hmm. airport noise. Yeah. I thought that was like a really nice touch, just kind of an extra throw so this on there. Be, this has got to be one of the most satisfying gun sounds in an NES game too. Like when you yeah, fire that I was gun, say it, that. You, it feels good to fire that gun. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of stress relief. Really. Yeah. Now, if if they only had a little bit of vibration in the controller, so mm. you really feel that kick, you know, kind of like in the zapper, you know, when you squeeze the trigger and all the way down and it clicks, oh, you get that feedback. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You need that and feedback. I really feel like they should have used the zapper for this game. <laughs> I know. Not knocking the game. 
I'm not knocking the game, but I'm just saying. I'm be sure you use the zapper. Would have taken it to a whole new level. Right. True. So. Okay. So I guess we're pretty much in agreement. The music is good, and the sound effects are also very good. Yeah. So, Joe, I'm going to assume you've beat this game. I did not beat this game. I actually ended up watching a long playthrough on, uh, uh, what do you call it, YouTube, to be able to see the ending of the game. I got to about Act 3 before I really just basically gave up more than anything else. But, um, yeah, once I got in the water and was getting attacked by sharks and those you know agents come pretty quick on you when you're in that water... And trying to avoid all the other obstacles, I just I actually got frustrated and just shut it off. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. That's kind of the similar um, experience that I had, but it, it's a it's a tough game. It 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 really is a difficult game. Um, I feel like it's a difficult game, but I also feel like it's one of those games that you could probably get. To the point where it's not difficult anymore. You know what I mean? With enough practice, it could probably be end up being a pretty easy game. Yeah. Yeah, I compared the difficulty in this game to like Castlevania. Like it's a difficult game, but at the same time, once you learn the patterns and you realize how the game plays, you can figure it out and it's just patience and time. Yeah. Patience and time, just two things I don't have. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> so but yeah, I it's 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 a lot of fun though. All right, so what's our uh, what's our last question that we always ask, Justin? Is it worth it? Yeah. I think so how one, much does it go for? This one's actually going to be a little easy, I think, to answer because you can find this game for as cheap as three dollars online. Wow. Uh, it, you know, the more average price is around six to eight bucks. So it's not expensive at all. Okay. All right. So it's worth then, it. Oh, all right, Joe says it's worth it. It's worth it, Mike. You need to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's two different versions of me. Okay, seven-year-old me still screaming it's not worth it, but thirty-one-year-old me is kind of starting to come around. I think if I next time I find it, I will probably pick it up. Three bucks though. Is that too much? No, I'm saying three bucks. That's like what you pay for a soda nowadays. <laughs> I know, so, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to pick sure. it up. I think it's worth it. Okay, okay. I'm saying it's worth it. Oh, I thought I'm you were leaning there's a, more the other way. No, 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 no. I'm saying it's worth it, but I'm saying there's this tiny little voice. Sounds like a seven-year-old me back here, still screaming, no, I hate this game. I <laughs> read it that one no. time, remember? Yeah. But, uh, no. I'll, I'll probably... Yeah. I'm gonna, I mean, I think voice. it's worth it. I'll quiet that voice and, and buy the game. I think it's worth it. I would I would suggest other people buy it too for that price. But again, I'm going to throw out my my age old answer here. If you haven't played Kung Fu yet and you don't have Kung Fu in your library, <laughs> and if it's still five dollars ish like it has been, then get that one first. See, my rebuttal to that is if you've been listening to this show as long as these guys have been running and you still have not picked up Kung Fu. <laughs> Then there's a problem with you, so right. definitely pick problem? this up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's fair. All right, so pick this game up then. What about the people that just started listening? Go back and listen to the Kung Fu episode, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think we did that one with Landon, right? Maybe. All right, so 
Next up on the agenda is retrofitted trophies. Joe, I hope you got some. Oh, I definitely got some. Sweet. Justin? Are you frozen? Justin may be frozen. So, Joe, oh. give me one of your trophies. All right. So I got Smokey the Spy, and that's uh, walk forward, then walk back in the beginning to get the pack of smokes and regain some health. Okay, nice. Uh, Justin, you're back. Joe yeah. just had uh, he just had one called Smokey the Spy. That oh, okay. Is... We're doing retrofitted trophies. Yeah, yeah, we're doing retrofitted trophies. And that is uh, what was it, Joe? Go ahead, start over. That was uh, walking forward in the first level, then walking back in the to the beginning to get the pack of smokes and regain health. Nice. Nice. I have I have one for the smokes too, but I'm gonna wait just. Nice. Okay. okay. I've got one. Uh, this one is called. Two, I have three total. Two of them are quotes from the movie that I looked up on IMDb and made tro- <laughs> made into trophies. Uh, the first one is, you almost had me fooled. And that is, beat the first water level. Because I almost thought it was the Ninja Turtles game for me. <laughs> mm, okay. okay. Uh, mine is the third righteous. And that is, beat the game, beat... Uh, Little cyborg Hitler. <laughs> Get it? The third right, third right. Just... Yeah, yep, I got it. It's good. It's good. All right, Joe, you All got right. that one? I have When the Lights Go Out. Um, that's uh, Restore Your Health by uh, Cherry Grace. That nice little cutscene after, I want to say it's level two, act two. They get in the hotel room and the lights go out and your health just happens to raise. I don't know uh-huh. what's going on there, but. I don't know, but I've got a trophy for that one, too. <laughs> That's a good oh, one. No. I like that one. Uh, okay, so I've got another one. Uh, for your family, get paid. It's the wrong way, and that is pick up the cigarettes. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, you got another one, Justin? Mine is the cigarettes, too, but mine's not as good as yours. Uh, kids, don't do this. Don't try this at home, and that is pick the cigarettes up. Get your life up. Nice. All right. Uh, you got any more, Joe? Yep. My next one is Where's the Turtles? And that's Beat River of No Return. Nice. So we're all like thinking the same things here, which is good. It's good. <laughs> all right. This is my last one. And uh, this one's a little racy. Okay. But it's a quote from the movie. Uh, so when you refill your health with the girl. Okay. Uh, the trophy is that pops is called "This is my first time." Dot 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 with uh, an Asian. No. <laughs> That's actually a quote from the movie. Uh, oh boy, has anybody seen that movie? No. No, I haven't yeah. watched it yet. It's on YouTube. Really? Mike's quoting it, but he's not seen it. No, <laughs> I'm assuming it. Uh, that's right before some. To be fair, at least he was happens. honest and said he looked it up on IMDb. I did say that. Yeah. Yes. Maybe it's the first time she went to an Asian restaurant. <laughs> this is my first time with an Asian eating Asian food. <laughs> that was the next line. Yeah. I just left that part. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Excuse me while the train goes through my living. <laughs> 
I was here for an infamous train moment. I love it. Which, which yeah. direction is it going in? When's it going to get to Joe's house? It's, it's heading towards. <laughs> it's heading towards Lunar City, so it's heading towards your your way. Okay, so in about thirty minutes, I'll be here. So. All right, uh, I'm out of trophies. Y'all got any more? I'm out too. I got one more, and it's called James Bond. You are not, and that's get shot in the first person mode. Nice. Oh yeah, like down the barrel. That's nice. Yeah. All right. Sweet. All right. Sweet. So, uh, how about a game rating? How, how are we gonna rate this game? Oh man. Um, we could go James Bond movie. It's a little too obvious, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm okay with that. I don't know a whole lot of James Bond movies. How about a James Bond, like person who played James Bond? Okay. Okay. I like it. All right. You go first, Jim. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Roger Moore. He's not the most popular James Bond, but uh, he did a great job in the 80s, and he had uh, a couple successful films under his belt, and I think uh, very much like this game, he's uh, underrated, and um, there's some fun to be had for sure. So Roger Moore it is. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, like the middle, middle of the road, James Bond. Absolutely. I'm still thinking, Mike. Okay, I'm going to go with the C. I don't want to go as low as the Timothy Dalton. So, but on a scale of Timothy Dalton to Sean Connery, I guess I'm going to go with Pierce Brosnan. Do you have a reason, or are you just going with Pierce Brosnan? I'm actually putting, I'm just putting him on a scale from... Best to worst, or worst to best, and then just picking one, kind of in the middle, like Joe did. Yeah, well, he had a, he had reasoning for his. I'm just saying, I'm doing it like Joe. I want I want to be like Joe. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's Ros- Brosnan's a pretty good uh, pick. I'm gonna pick Daniel Craig, the newest Bond. Uh, again, as a middle of the road pick. Okay. Actually, I really like Daniel Craig as James Bond. I think he's middle to middle to near the top. Yeah, he's pretty good. I don't know. I like Pierce Brosnan. Goldeneye. Okay, so, yeah, I mean Goldeneye's a really good movie. Yeah, I think it's mainly good. because it came out at the perfect time for people our age. Yeah, and it's a pretty sweet game too. Yeah, <laughs> it sure is. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, want to do feedback? Yeah, I think I've got it pulled up here on my tablet. Whoa, fancy. Fancy, yeah. What kind of tablet? Are you still using the HP? Uh, this is actually an iPad. Oh. I went with an iPad. Does that make me a traitor? It just means you're. I'm now alone in the HP club. <laughs> I still have mine. Oh, don't, don't trust me. It's still here. It's still workable. Um... I just went with an iPad recently, so I'm, I think I'm slowly going over to the Apple side. I like I like Apple. The phones are nice. Yeah. I've got a I've got a Mac. What do you call the What do you call the little Macs that are like a, They're not a laptop, but they're standalone iMac, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. I got a really old one of those. It's pretty nice. It's it's like 12 years old. But it still works really well. So mm-hmm. that, that tells you something right there. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's good equipment. Alright, so here we go. Adam Malone says, Frustratingly difficult at times. Aaron Hickman says, It's a something. It's a curse word, basically. <laughs> uh, so, uh, though the second game is... Exactly. <laughs> yep, there you exactly. go. Uh, it's a gym, though the second game is a little is a bit better. Uh, GoGo13 wasn't quite much else when I first played it as a kid. It sort of mixes a few different elements: side scroller, first person dungeon crawler, and shooter shoot 'em up sniper gameplay. Very tough too. Mature themes, including that very suggestive host hotel scene, and catchy music like more mature take on the James Bond motif, especially if you check out the movie. And he says not sufficient for work? Is that what the W stands for? Not safe for work. Oh. NSFW? Yeah. I think it's not safe for work. I thought it was not su not safe for wee littles like kids. <laughs> that works too. That works too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For the wee hey. ones. For the weebies, yeah. Yeah, wait a minute. No. Anthony Pig says the game is amazing. A must have in anime gamers collection. Side scrolling platforming sections, three D mazes, the low point of the game, horizontal shooter, and sniping. Yes, this slipped by a lot of Nintendo sensors. Definitely not a kid's game. He thought the low the low point was the sniping? I think he thought the low point was the three D mazes. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. Uh, Greg Polander says, compared to a recent episode of the Abject Suffering podcast, I love this game. But I'll be the first to admit some of it is nostalgia. It can be confusing, tough, challenging game. The first point mazes are torture unless you have a map. The combat parts can be quite tough, and the translation leaves something to be desired. But if you give it time and patience... You can find it a fun, unique, interesting action game with some spy and adventure aspects to it. Graphics were good for the time, the soundtrack is quite good, and you feel like you make progress each time that you play. I was unaware about the anime that it was based off until years later. Overall, this is a good game, but I think the sequel is even better. Oh, and this is the first game I know of where you recharge your health by having sex. How do you know that's what they're doing, Greg? Yeah, Greg. Uh, this is uh, family-friendly. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> hey, how do you think families are made, Justin? Well, that's true. Hey, is that the train already? It was moving pretty quick. It is. Here, it's the train. It is. It All is. right. This is, it's happened again. So, one thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about the game is when... Um, Cassandra was telling uh, GoGo13 all of his details. Like, every time she was done, he was like, okay, I'll give it a try. Like, <laughs> not a very convincing person who's supposed to be, like, a sniper. Spy, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, all right, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a whirl. Not very professional. <laughs> <laughs> What's, well, if he's 100% accurate with his gun, okay, 100%, you do realize that means he never, ever, ever misses. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't just try. 
He just does. He just does. Maybe he likes to. He's one of those um, undersell, overperform kind of guys. There you go. There you go. Gabe Van Gilder said, never played it. I had such a weird childhood. They handed me so many different consoles that when I played one, I was on to another. It was weird. But amazing. I think in an eight-year-old period between 10, age 10 and 18, I went through five or six systems. It was insane. Humble brag. Yeah, really. Humble brag and has nothing to do with this game other than <laughs> to let us know that he's never played it. <laughs> <laughs> And Joe, Dude Joe, uh, says this is such a great this is such a great game that doesn't get mentioned much. Between the blood and sex scenes, obviously Nintendo censors were on vacation when they released the game. The second title in the series, Malfat Conspiracy, was even better in my opinion. But both games are true masterpieces. And Mike Vito rounded us out with, I rented this game as a kid because the box art looked awesome. A rebuke of my comment earlier. <laughs> Got it home and my 10-year-old self had no idea what was going on. Maybe I'll give it another go if you dudes enjoy it. Uh, I am interested in Moffat Conspiracy because that would seem to be the consensus on many levels that the, that game is actually better. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, they improved the graphics, the sprites, the gameplay. It was uh, much... Like, you know how I said, like, it just didn't seem like all these elements of the game kind of meshed well? Like, they did a really good job meshing them well in the second game. Hmm. All right. I'll be, I'll be interested when we get to that one, then. We'll bring Joe back on for that one. I was going to say, yeah. sounds like a return episode. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Just don't let us forget. I'm probably the most forgetful person there is. Yeah, me too. Not a good combo, Justin. Not- <laughs> <laughs> we had so many. We have so many big plans that we just forget. the 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 Japanese version, the the Japanese name for go for the Moffat conspiracy was Gogo Thirteen, the Riddle of Icarus. Really now like that's that. That's way name. better than Moffat conspiracy. Right? Yeah, the Riddle of Icarus. That's, that's so a- interesting. That game sounds awesome. Yeah. I need right, to know more feedback. All right. Uh, lots more, actually. Sweet. Uh, bef- because people are probably tired of hearing our voices, though, I'm going to start with some voicemails. There are several leftover voicemails from the um, Turtles episode because I didn't get to them because my house was about to be blown apart by mm-hmm. thunder and lightning and whatnot. So apologies to those that didn't get this on the actual Turtles episode, but here we go. We're not going to forget about you. Actually, maybe we are, because I didn't know we're not making noise. <laughs> forget you, actually. Right, here we go. Let's try this again. Canada. Yeah. So, 
What do you guys think about the NES Classic console coming out? Jesse would like to know. I'm a big fan, and the game selection, I mean, there were some complaints about the game selection because obviously there's, if you're going to pick like 30 games of the NES, you're going to have to leave some great games out because there's right. way more than 30 great games. But I thought the game selection for those 30 was pretty incredible um, to the fact that I may actually purchase. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. I I was really impressed with the game selection, mainly because I was expecting it to be 30 first-party Nintendo games, right, or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And which, there's a lot of good first-party Nintendo games, but there's also, in order to get 30 first-party Nintendo games for the NES, you would have to put a lot of fluff in there, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. But they didn't do that. They actually got a bunch of third-party games, like Konami games and whatnot. So, yeah, uh, it's actually a very, very impressive list of games. And the system looks really cool. Um... I don't know. I think it's. Oh, it looks like it's going to be worth a shot. What yeah. I... Go ahead, Sorry, Justin. Go right ahead. No, go ahead. I didn't have anything. So. Oh, I was just going to say that I love the aesthetic of it. I like the uh, the new controllers. I like the fact that it has the little Wii plug-in. So if uh, you maybe have games that they don't have on the Nintendo Classic, but you have them on your Wii or Wii U, you can use uh, the controller for that which is really nice. And I felt overall the selection of games was pretty good. I mean, you have to think licensing and stuff like that and how much it was going to cost them and price point for the system and all that other stuff. So, I mean, considering keeping costs low so that they could sell this thing cheap and be able to get it out to us, I'm perfectly happy with the selection of games. Yeah, I, yeah. Really, I, I really think this was a smart move for Nintendo going into a holiday season with basically nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, they need something like this. Right. Uh, I am a little bit disappointed that I, as far as I can tell, you know, it's not out yet, so we don't really know, but as far as I can tell, there's no way to add any games to this list. You, it, short of buying a whole other system, you know what I mean? So it's almost like this is what it is, this is what you get, we're never yeah. going to upgrade it or anything like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a little disappointing, but other than that, I think it looks pretty sweet. I don't know, yeah. does, how much does it go for, do you know? It's going to be fifty nine ninety nine, and it will be a s on sale. And I think they they did this on purpose, Michael, on eleven eleven. No. Yeah, November eleventh, fifty nine ninety nine. So sounds like uh, we need to pick one up. Maybe we'll pick one up. This no guarantees, but maybe we'll uh, pick one up and give it away on the show. That sounds like something we should probably do. Ooh, there you go. We'll check the Patreon funds see if we can make that happen. But, you know, just looking at these games, it's like you've got Bubble Bobble, Castlevania, Ghosts and Goblins, Final Fantasy, Excitebike, the first three Mario Brothers, Mega Man 2, Metroid, Ninja Gaiden, Star Tropics, Zelda and Zelda 2. I mean, that's, that's just incredible that all that's going to be on there. Yeah. And if you ever, if you need to decide whether it's worth it, and uh, you look at the list of games, you can go back and listen to. We've talked about a lot of those games on the show, so go back and listen to some of our episodes. Yeah, actually, we've talked about almost all of them. I think actually. Yeah, a bunch of them at least. Yeah. All right, so. let's get to another call. All right. Hey, two dudes. This is Jamie Zoo with uh, calling about the Ninja 
Turtles too. I remember this game uh, playing it a lot in the arcade, and then finally came to uh, Nintendo and picking it up and thinking to myself, I don't have to go to a local arcade in Wilkesboro, North Carolina, to throw money into an arcade to play it, and I can sit at home and play it. Uh, it a great game, loved it. Um, one of my favorite bad guys in any video game or cartoon or anything like that was always Rocksteady. Uh, you know, who was y'all's favorite bad guy instead of the Turtles? Uh, love the show. Keep it up. Uh, it's great. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for the call, Jamie. Uh, I dig your accent. Yeah. It, makes, it kind of feels like home a little bit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, who's your favorite? I wish we. I wish I could have got to this one on the Turtleflex episode, or and been able to ask the Turtleflex guys. But uh, who's your favorite bad guy besides the turtles? Because they're not bad guys. Uh, probably Rocksteady. Okay, Rocksteady's pretty cool. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with Super Shredder. Yeah. Like the Shredder that after he drank the ooze. In mm-hmm. Turtles 2, the movie. When I was a kid, yeah. I was obsessed with him. I thought he was like the coolest bad guy ever. Yeah, he was. It was Kevin Nash, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Kevin yep. Nash. As far as I know, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. What about you, Joe? Uh, it's really a toss-up between both Rocksteady and Bebop. Uh, I, I loved both characters, and they both always seemed like if they just weren't bumbling idiots they could have beaten the turtles at any time you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. and they're kind of a they're kind of a bogo you know you can yeah kind of, you get one you get the other so yeah what was uh is it to- toka and razar yeah why didn't they just put bebop and rocksteady in the movie right it had some licensing with the cartoon oh okay okay because they're not babies <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Kevin Kevin Eastman and uh, Peter Laird don't actually own the rights to Rocksteady and Bebop. That's actually owned by the cartoon company that created the cartoon. So I that's see. Why. That makes sense. That's a bummer, though. Yeah. It is. So, but they're in the new movie. Yes. Have you seen the new movie? I have. I, either of you? I thought it was all right. No, it was, I thought it was a lot better than the first, than the first one. one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I actually liked the first one, to be honest. I thought it was yeah, okay. It was yeah. it wasn't the worst. Yeah. Anyways, so I'm, I still haven't seen it yet, but I will whenever it comes to my TV. All right, here's another one. This one is from our high school winner, Stephen Michael. Hey, dude, Stephen Michael from Facebook. Just want to call in and thank you for doing uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. That's actually my favorite game for the NES by a long shot. Uh, I own the stand-up arcade machine as well. I was just with the Ninja Turtles when I was a kid. <clears throat> I haven't really grown out of it much as an adult. I submitted a video high score of 2015. It's only because I ran out of time. <laughs> I mean, your, your max score could be limitless in this game, really, with the method I'm using. Anyways, thanks for doing the game. I love you guys' podcast. Keep me laughing every episode. And my daughter wanted to say something because she's actually a fan, too. Cowabunga, dude! Awesome. Nice. Nice. Getting the family involved. That's what I like to hear. That's, I know. It's great. 
And awesome. that he says your score could be limitless. In that yeah. Game, which to me says he's totally spamming the Mausers. But yeah. go back and listen to that episode if you want to hear more about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, we got one more call. This one's going to be a little weird. But uh, here we go. I, think I, I, I didn't good. quite get his name, but uh, I like him. What do you think about that guy, Joe? Uh, he, he was interesting. I swear I've heard him calling before, so no oh, name okay. needed, right? It's that voice. It's very memorable. Right. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I just can't quite put my finger on it today. That guy should start a podcast. Yeah, he totally should. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all for calls, but I do have a couple more feedbacks on GoGo13. Is that cool? Yeah, go for it. Right. Go, go, go. I'm going, I'm going. Um, on the Facebook page, which um, normally we post on the page, but normally nobody comments, so all of a sudden we posted this time, people commented. I don't know why. Uh, so, on the page, Chris Vanderhoff says, Great game, but it's hard. Ended up beating it when I was a kid. I did need to use Nintendo Power to beat some parts of it. You don't know what to do at some points in the game. I'm guessing he's probably talking about the mazes, because those mm-hmm. are pretty hard without maps. Freddy Velasquez, and sorry for butchering your name, Freddy, uh, love this game and the anime. It's just funny how at night you're with your girl in the hotel and your energy gets refilled. Yes, that is funny. Corey Robertson <laughs> says, a pretty great game based off an excellent anime. Okay. And then Benjamin Canary says, Christopher, did you play this? <laughs> no, Christopher, did yeah. you? We're, we're all waiting, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he tagged Christopher in the post. So. <laughs> Still a funny comment to, to say on air. Yeah. Uh, okay, so on Twitter, Super, Super Ness Chalmers. Uh, AK at 8-Bit First says, It was always on the shelf because no one rented it. I hear it's good, and I should buy it, though. Well, if you listen to us, you should buy it, because it's totally worth it at mm-hmm. just a few dollars. Yes. Then on Google+, Plus, we have our resident Google+, Plus expert, Ryan Ballard. He says, Never heard of this one, so it'll be interesting to hear about it. Judging by what I saw on Google, it's the kind of game that I'd enjoy more now than when I was a kid. That's true. And then Joe Copel on Google Plus says, I didn't want Ryan to be the only comment on here. So, this has got to be one of the first multi-genre games. It's side-scrolling action, first-person shooting, and first-person maze exploring. Really shows what the NES can do. Thanks to Joe for that comment. Yes. 
Not doesn't want to leave Ryan hanging, you know. I know. So nice. I got you. Kind of nice. And hold on, I gotta catch my breath. Uh, we have two iTunes reviews. Oh. One excellent five star review, and one three star, but oh. with a legit with a legit complaint. Oh, so no. I'll get there. Uh, the five stars from. Well, look at that. Joe Cop This is the Joe Copelist episode I think I've ever heard. <laughs> it really is. Uh, Joe says, These dudes know their stuff. Great chemistry and great content. Between the cats, kids, and trains, there's a lot of good nest knowledge to be had. And now that they live closer, you can hear the train start on one end, and by the end of the show, it's reached the other. Totally in sync. <laughs> and there's a cat. Yep, we've already had... Uh train so here's cat nice and the kids must kids, be in bed tonight. kids are in bed yeah <laughs> oh well oh and the title of that was totally in sync i love um, it uh, joe i think you misspelled in sync it's it's in apostrophe sync i think that's <laughs> uh all right and then the three star from rob minnesota is it's good it's a good podcast with a lot of good information but i can't hardly hear them the they record way too quiet, which we've had a couple episodes I've noticed have been really quiet for some reason. And I will say that we'll try to get those re-uploaded if I can find them. But for some reason, when I listen, Justin, you you typically edit it, mm -hmm. and then I listen to it at least a piece of it before I upload it. And when I listen to it, I always listen to it on the computer in my headphones, and it sounds fine. Yeah. I... <sighs> but then I get in the car, and it is really quiet for some reason in the car. Yeah, so. I need to probably, before I finish, like, do the final, when I start looking at sound levels, because I listen to it on my headphones, that's how I edit. And I always adjust it to where my headphones are, but I guess I never think about it. Like, if you're playing it through your phone, or if you're... Or through some kind of a speaker or something. It, yeah. yeah. It's really quiet. So I need to start doing that. Yeah. At least, maybe at least play it through the computer speakers. I'll, I'll try yeah. to do that too as a backup. Sweet. Just in case you forget. Alright, three star. We'll give it to you. We got your back, three star. Only if in the next three episodes if we improve it, you'll change it to a five star. Alright. So three? Three episodes. Three episodes. If the next three, not this one, but the next three episodes are improved, we expect a, a five star. That's right. I mean, we're going to fix it either way, but... We're just trying to get some bang for our buck here. Yeah, that's right. We want some bang for our buck. So, Rob, hook us up. All right. Uh, I got some honorary dudes, but I may save those for next time. Uh, there's a couple... Of, I know people are dying to hear the new honorary dudes, but we'll save those for next time. I do want to shout out... There's two people that we need to shout out every episode, and we never shout them out. Can you guess who they are? They're people who contribute to this show every episode, basically. And we always forget to shout them out. We used to shout them out all the time. Ourselves? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. Well, uh, yeah, we should shout ourselves out, too. No, the Wee Dude, or the Wee Guy, oh, yeah. provides the tunes for the show. He, well, right. he just provides the tunes for YouTube, and then we, we gank them from him. Right. Which he said it was cool, but we need to be shouting them out, right? Right. right. So the Wee Guy on YouTube. Check, go check him out. Tons and tons of stereo NES tunes, which some people say that's not NES proper, right? Because it's in stereo. But I think half the time sounds better. So. Yeah. And then the Fox Dude, 
who does their logo. And right. it's a beautiful, beautiful logo. Most beautiful logo I've ever seen. It is. It really is. So, I want to shout him out. Thanks to him for that. And the Retro Junkies. Go find the Retro Junkies at theretrojunkies.com. Listen to all those awesome shows like Joe's show, for, for example. Joe, you care to give them one more brief rundown on your show and where they can find it? Yeah, absolutely. So I run the Radical Retro Roundup, which is part of the Retro Junkies Network. Um, I can be found on Facebook at Retro Junkies Groups. I'm sorry. Jeez. <laughs> sorry, it's a bit late. You are in the Retro Junkies Groups, too. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely check out the Retro Junkie Groups. But um, you can find my podcast at the Radical Retro Roundup in groups. Um, I'm on Twitter at JoeSucksSUX30. Um, my very public email is JoeSucks30 at gmail.com. Um, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Google, Podomatic, and basically the biggest thing I've been telling everybody lately on the show is Google the Radical Retro Roundup or you can Google me and it pops up, which is fantastic. Sweet. So if you, definitely go, if you Google Joe Copel, your podcast pops up? Yeah. That's pretty sweet. It is. That if is you Google very... me, all you get is Ashton Kutcher. That's right. <laughs> you Google me, you get a football player. Yeah. So. <laughs> These aren't actually our names. Yeah. Justin and I just picked our own name for the show. So, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. All right. Shout us out, Justin. Well, you can find us on Facebook. Twitter, Google Plus, and you can go on iTunes, give us a review. You can go to our website, two dudes in nest.com, nintendudes.com, and I'm, I'm blanking all of a sudden. NESDudes.com. And you can always call us and hear your own voice on the podcast if you call the number 775 8761 or that number is 7757retro1 or and I didn't mention this last time and we only got like one extra call uh, you can go on the website the mobile version of our website and in the upper corner there's a phone icon and if you click it boom actually I guess you don't click on the phone you tap you tap it and uh, it'll say call question mark or whatever it says depending mm-hmm. on your phone and you call us. That's all you gotta do. And then it goes to voicemail, and it says, "I don't know what the voicemail says." It probably says, "You have reached the number of seven seven five, blah blah blah." And then all you gotta do is leave a leave a message. And I think yeah. my voice is about to give out. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Well, Joe, thanks again for coming on. This has been a great show. Yeah, no uh, problem. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. You'll you'll definitely be invited back. And oh. here comes some music. For the Good night, everybody. Game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.